anyway, but happy Father's Day. Any, any, uh, anyone ever wonder where Father's Day came from? Did you know, did you know that Father's Day originated in Spokane of all places? Did you know that? Spokane, Spokane. Uh, a gal by the name of Sonora Dodd, D-O-D-D, Dodd, uh, he, she lived from 1882 to 1978. So you do that math. She was nigh unto 100 when she uh, went on to be with the Lord. But she was in uh, Spokane, Washington, and suggested, she very first suggested a Father's Day in 1909 after listening to a Mother's Day sermon. She was listening to a Mother's Day sermon and said, hey, we got to do this for dads too. So, um, but she wanted a similar day to honor her father, William Smart, who was a widowed Civil War veteran. So in other words, his wife died in the Civil War some way, somehow. And uh, uh, he raised six children on a farm. So he wanted, she wanted him to be uh, honored as a father. So Spokane, Washington. Anybody from Spokane here? Well, there you go. This is your claim to fame, the origination of Father's Day. I think there was other good things that happened in Spokane, but uh, uh, that's, that's it. So, uh, but uh, good things. Um, pretty funny as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, my father passed away before, not funny, that wasn't, this part isn't funny. He passed away before I was born. But, um, so my older brother was my dad. So he was uh, about 18 years older than me. And so, you know, that age range, you know, so I'm growing up. I'm a little girl, you know, one, two, three, four, five, right in there. And he's 18, 19, 20. You know, those years where being a dad, at least back in his day, wasn't kind of what he was aspiring to be at that point. <laughs> he needed to get married first. So he had this little girl that uh, out in public would be yelling, Daddy! And he's like, I'm not your dad. Yes, you are. You're my dad, you know. <laughs> So uh, he, he uh, was my father figure, and uh, it, um, he got all my Father's Day cards and all of that kind of thing. But uh, anyway, that, that was my, my life as in Father's Day land. In fact, one time, I, I was so tuned into Father's Day, I was at church, and I, I'm just a little girl or whatever, and they announced, the, the pastor said something about coming here this Father's Day. It wasn't, a, it, it was like in January or something, but he was talking about the Father God, you know? Here we are in our Father's house on Father's Day or something, and I, I was like, oh, my word, I did not get a card. So I pulled out the bulletin and turned it over and turned it into a Father's Day card. I did. Anybody ever have those bad dream days where you like wake up and it's all of a sudden Father's Day and you didn't get the card? You didn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> I've been texting my boys. It is Father's Day. You better. <laughs> so um, you can do, you can come up with a quick one, you know, in church on the back of the offering envelope or something like that if you need to, okay? But anyway, okay, Father's Day. Let's, let's dive into the word and uh, let's see what he has for us. I have, uh, let's open up with Isaiah 9-6. I love preaching for, um, for holidays. And don't worry, I'm not confused, okay? This is not December, this is not Christmas, but this is the, this is the uh, verse I have selected for Father's Day. For unto us, Isaiah 9-6, for unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. These were the declarative names of who God was going to show himself through Jesus Christ as. And I want you to notice, I want you to see, I want you to feel, I want you to understand, he is the everlasting father. Never to end, never to go away, never to pass away, never to step out of your life. He is your everlasting father. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yep, I did preach uh, 2015 Mother's Day, and I was supposed to do 2000, you know, last year's Father's Day, and I had you know, talked it up big, come back for Father's Day. And then I left. I went to Boise to move Caleb over there to his new job, and I wasn't here for Father's Day. So all year I'm like, I get next year, I get next year. So uh, here we are today. And last year when I did Mother's Day, uh, I talked to you a little bit, and I just want to uh, just kind of bring it back into your head if you were here. But I spoke about the fact that God... Inside of God is every aspect of humanity because he made us in his image. So we came from him, right? So he carried, he carries both male and female, both masculine and feminine. He carries mother, father. He carries all of it inside of him. And then when he created man, the Bible says very clearly that man was created in his image, So inside of Adam, from that very first day, there was both male and female. There was God's perfect image imprinted into Adam. But it wasn't good for him to be alone. So the Bible says that God reached down inside of Adam and pulled feminine out of Adam and made woman. So now he made them male and female. So now when we walk on this earth together, male and female, as teammates, as, as a, a whole community, we now reflect the entire image of God. But each of us, in our maleness and our femaleness, we reflect a different image, a different side of God. So when God pulled feminine out of Adam, he became masculine. That's what was left. That's, that's the other half. So with God, we have male and female. I'm sorry, people. We have male and female. It works pretty good that way. It really does. We have, we have mother. We have father. We have children. We have family. God made this thing to be a reflection of who he is and who we are with him. The heroes of this world, I believe very strongly, the heroes of this word, world are the mothers and the fathers. Because they are the ones raising up the children. They are the ones making the next generation. They are the ones that are taking the vulnerable and bringing them into maturity. They are the heroes. What is a hero? A hero is someone who performs distinguished deeds, noble qualities in the face of danger and adversity, or in a place of weakness displays courage and self-sacrifice. I like that last one. In the place of weakness... They display courage and self-sacrifice. Now, notice it doesn't say here that mothers and fathers are perfect. It says courage and self-sacrifice. And I have a room here today, and I'm looking out here, and I'm seeing men across, the, across this room. 
And every single one of you, whether you are a biological father or not, you carry the traits of God the Father. And you are a hero in my eyes. And you are called that in your place of imperfection, your place of weakness, your place of incomplete, that as you step up and display courage and self-sacrifice, you become my hero. Because I need you. I need you terribly. Because, see, I'm not masculine. I'm feminine. And if I don't have the masculine side... I'm very vulnerable. I just, I kind of am. I need you. You are my hero. And it's very unfortunate because in this day and age, the masculine trait, the whole idea of masculinity has been and is being and just we're in the midst of a destruction of that. And for that, I am so sorry I googled, you know, I, I, you know the, the big deal is, you know, what is masculinity? I wanted to have this, like, really cool thing to present to you and say, rah, you know, it seems like I should be, you know, a little guttural yells or something like that. I don't know. But I, I googled, okay, so what is this? And I googled it, and I was absolutely taken aback with the first page of my options. Here's the number one one. Toxic masculinity by geek feminism. The next one, masculinity is killing men. The next one, we must reimagine what masculinity is. I'm sorry, men, I am so sorry, but there is an enemy, a diabolical enemy that is out today. For some reason, it's been unleashed, and it is against your masculinity. It's against who you were made to be. There is a line of reasoning that is in this world sense right now that is tearing you down. And you might be sitting here feeling very set in who you are and what you are. But I will tell you, there are generations, young generations right now, walking the planet not knowing what it means to be masculine. And they're being told that we need to reimagine it. They're being told that it's toxic. But I am here to say it is not. And I yearn for it because I need it. And I'm just going to get real down right now. I want to apologize to every male in this building for every woman who has been controlling, disrespectful, and negative to you. It's wrong. Don't let us and our yap affect you. I don't care what's coming at you. Because sometimes we're wrong. Women just say it right now. Sometimes we're wrong. We just need to shut up. But we want you. (laughs) I thought he was going to say something and he didn't. Hallelujah. I will, I will be the first to admit, I have, you know, what am I thinking half the time? It, right? Right, ladies? Come on. We need our men, and we love you. 
You are so awesome. And, um, you know, what is masculinity? Uh, Gordon Dalby in his book about, what's it called? The Healing the Masculine Soul? He calls it, and, you know, I've, like I said, I Googled, try to get some information about what is masculinity, and all I got was that it's toxic. Wrong. So Gordon Dalby, you know, he writes this big book, and he, he's, he even admits, you know, masculinity is kind of hard. It's kind of hard to put in a box. It's kind of hard to write on a poster what it is, you know, other than Sil- Sylvester Stallone or somebody up there. Um, but he, so he calls it the brown ooze. Has anybody read that book? He calls, okay. he calls it the brown ooze, and it's, it's, this, it's this stuff that every man yearns for, seeks for, but we don't really exactly know what it is. So I'm going to do my best to describe it myself. I call it protection. I call it prayer. I call it provision, I call it purpose, I call it a priest, and I call it strength. They're all the things that I am not. And when you are you, then I can be me. But in a culture where masculinity is being stripped away, that leaves us women to have to re-identify ourselves. And it's getting mixed up. So today, we're going to unmix it up, if you don't mind. I'm not here to impart masculinity because I can't. Because masculinity comes from father to son. That's the only way you can get it. And no matter the success or the failure of your father... You have a heavenly father who is here today to impart masculinity to you and who you are. He speaks identity over you. He calls you by your name. He breathes purpose in you and he supplies every provision you need and he gives wisdom. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, there are not many references to God as father. Let's be really honest with you. There's just a couple. And one of them I just read, Isaiah 9, 6, the everlasting father. There's a couple of other situations where he's called the father of Israel. But other than that, we know God by these names. Elohim, creator. Adonai, master. Jehovah, Lord. El Olam, eternal. Shama, he is there. El Elroy, the one who sees. That's how we knew God. And when Jesus came along, I'm telling you, Jesus changed everything in so many ways. But the first thing he starts doing, and he radically changes how we approach God. He does not call God eternal, though he still is. He doesn't call him Lord and Master and all that. He calls God Abba, Daddy, Father. He calls God, and everyone in the synagogues, everyone in the marketplace was listening to this, and it was new to their ears. 
This was a new possibility. This did not sit like normal. He started calling God, the creator of everything, Daddy. Daddy? How about Father? No, Daddy. 65 times in the first three Gospels, he calls God Daddy. In the book of John alone, 100 times, he rearranges. He is completely rearranging how we are now to look at, approach, and come to God. When the disciples said, how are we supposed to pray? He starts with this, my daddy, our, our daddy, who art in heaven, our father. It, it turned everything on its ear because they knew what a daddy was. And they knew what a God was. But to call God Daddy was changing everything. Jesus was taking a risk. Because not all fathers are perfect. And it was the same in Jesus' day. I have preached sermons about the daddyhood of God and who he is and the father heart and all of that. And I've had people come up after me and said, this did nothing for me. You have no idea what I have in my mind of what a dad is. And if God is what a dad is that I know about, I don't want to have anything to do with them and walked away. Now that is a risky situation for Jesus to take the kingdom into. Because if this such an important metaphor can be ruined by human sin, why risk it? Let's just keep God God and not mix it with this thing called a daddy that I see that's not perfect all the time. Why did Jesus risk it? Why was this so vitally important to the kingdom? And I believe the reason why God risked it was because he wanted to take the idea of fatherhood and bring it back in and realign it with truth. He wanted to bring a teaching about the fatherhood of who God is so that we now can learn how, how to be fathers. How to be amazing. God is not called father in comparison with a human father. He is called God to validate, declare, standardize, and allow each and every one of us to ultimately experience a perfect father. Today, I pray that you will leave here, every man in this room, encouraged. Encouraged in who you are. Encouraged in your masculinity. Encouraged on how God has made you to be. Encouraged, I don't care if you have children or not, you are still a father. You are born to father things. You are born into this whole realm of fatherhood, whether you have your children yet or not. Whether your children now have left and gone, you are called to be a father. You are not a playboy. You are not what, how the world wants to transition you into something totally different. You are father. I also want to draw you into understanding a little more about the fatherhood of God and then to leave behind your father wound. Everyone has one. 
because our fathers are imperfect. We have to leave it behind. We have to transition people. We have to. Woman, every woman, every man in here, you have to leave your father wound behind. Fatherhood is so important. God wants to be your father. He said, okay, listen, you know, there's lots of trouble all over out there, but this father thing, we're going to get this thing right. So look to me. Amen? So I have 15 minutes to cover three, only three areas that I really feel like God uh, shows us and where you guys shine as dads. Amen? Uh, Number one, number one, get out your little paper and pencil and be studious. Number one, fatherhood is protecting. Fatherhood is protecting. We had uh, dinner with the Kellogg's back there. I'm going to call them out. We went over and had dinner with them to see their new house and their new baby and all that. And we were having this great conversation and lots of fun. And I said, I, somebody said something. I don't remember exactly what. I'm calling you out. Sorry, Jeremy, but you're going to, it's all good. Um, it, somebody said something about someday, somebody said, did you, have you seen their little baby girl? Oh my word, she is so precious. I said, someday some boy's going to come take that little girl on a date, you know. And uh, the first thing out of anybody's mouth was Jeremy. And he pipes up and he goes, I'll kill him. He's like, you know, (laughs) so typical, so typical. And that is because you, as the father of that daughter and your other children, you are protector. You are protector right there. How many other fathers would say the same? Okay, so Jasmine had her dad, and then she had three brothers, and they all took One time she brought a guy home, and one of you shot him with a bow and arrow. (laughs) Who was that? Was that Sterling? And then another one uh, shot another, you know, another, another young man came by, and uh, uh, one of them shot him, like, right here, just walked up with a, uh, what was that, paintball gun? <laughs> right on his foot. <laughs> he's, he's trying to be cool, you know. Uh, but, you know, so this is your role. The men in this, you're, this is your role. Protector. Not shooting. Prospective. <laughs> suitors but protector this is your role and uh when when things go bump in the night it ain't me that gets up honey there's something out he he sleeps through a lot honey there's something outside and he'll jump up no matter what he doesn't even know what it is he's after what 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 you know (laughs) he's ready to go (laughs) am i jumping out of bed no i send him but the sight of you in your underwear jumping out of bed sends all bad guys everywhere. And uh, another fun story, I got my Caleb here. When Caleb was about three or so, I was out working in the yard, in the front yard, and I saw this big, huge, long, probably 20-foot long, probably not, maybe five, but it seemed like really long kind of stick slash trunk come through the shed. You know, it was about this high, coming through, coming through, and then all of a sudden here's Caleb, and he's like this. And I'm like, honey, what you doing? Goes, I'm getting the bad guys, Ma. I'm getting the bad guys. You're okay. <laughs> he was my protector. Masculinity protects. It does not rob. It does not steal. It does not take. Masculinity protects. That is what is inbred in you. Yes. Absolutely. And to say that, you know, women can't protect, you know, the mama bear thing. 
It's the same to say that you know, men don't feel. That's not the case. Women protect, but women protect differently. Men know how to protect. And this is your job. This is what we need you to do. And I welcome you to rise up and protect us. Amen? God puts himself as a protector. The first time it comes out is Genesis uh, 15, if you'll want to turn there. I don't have it on the paper there, but, but uh, if you want to put up Genesis 15, verse 1. God asked Abraham to go out and fight a huge war, and he came back and he had won. And Genesis 15, 1 says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, and he said, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your shield and your very great reward. A shield is the most ultimate protection that, that is ever used in battle. A shield is the thing that keeps everything else that will harm you out so that you can go forth into battle. Can you imagine in the old days going out, trying to go into war without your shield? I mean, you could be the best warrior on the planet, but if you don't have a shield, you're going to be taken out like that. The women and the children in this world have an amazing reason and purpose. We've got a battle to fight. But if we aren't shielded, if we don't have our protection, we will be taken out. And that's you. You might feel vulnerable, men. You might be vulnerable. You might feel the darts coming at you. You might feel things coming at you going, I'm getting taken out. Then God is your shield. For he is your heavenly father who is there to protect you. Number two, Luke 15. If you would turn there. Luke 15. Starting with verse 11. There was a man, this is Jesus talking, who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, and not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. I would go and kill him if I were that child's mother. Just teasing. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who set, sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods of the pigs that, that they were eating, but no one gave him anything. And then he came to his senses, and he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Fatherhood is always looking towards his children and fatherhood never gives up. I have a mental picture of this, of this guy. He was a great dad. Everything he had put together and hoped to be the lifeblood and future of his children, his child took and squandered it. But he didn't become mad. He didn't become bitter. He never gave up. 
He never said, I'm tired. You know, he didn't go to church and talk to the pastor. My son, my son, he's breaking my heart and I'm ready to give up. I'm going to give up. He didn't get mad. He didn't get bitter. He didn't say, yeah, well, just go do your own thing. Don't call me when you need me. He did not say that. He went about his day and night and day and night and day and night on his farm doing his thing. But I think that about every 15 minutes, he'd look up, look down the road. And he'd go about his business, loving his son, not angry at his son, not bitter, not turning him away, not hurting inside because the love of the father goes far bigger than anything their children could ever do. About every 15 minutes, he'd look up and look down the road. Okay, not yet. Go back at his work. Another 15 minutes. One day, however many years later, he's still going about his work, loving his son, even though it's from a distance. He looks up and he sees something. He's never stopped looking down that road. He never gave up. He never turned his heart away from that road where he knew his son was going to come back to him from. And he kept looking and he saw that son and he saw him coming. And instead of sitting there going, yeah, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going, you know, he needs to say he's sorry. That son had repentance in his heart, but he hadn't said it yet. And that father dropped everything that he had and ran to him threw his arms around that son and kissed him. Fathers never give up on their children. They never give up on their wives. They never give up on their people. They never give up. They always keep turning. They always, but Joel, how can I do that? Because it's killing me on the inside. Because fathers here, earthly fathers, you don't have to do it in and of yourself. The heavenly father is going to do it through you. They never stop, never stop, never stop, never stop, never stop, never stop. If you've stopped, fathers, if you've stopped, it's okay. It's okay. Turn to your own heavenly father. Repent and start watching for your kids. Turn your heart back to them and never give up. Thirdly, oh, you know, and besides, you're their only dad. If you quit, who else will? Thirdly, my last point, strength. Fathers are strength. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar with foam and foam and the mountains quake in their surging. God is our refuge and our strength. There is a certain strength in masculinity that femininity does not hold. Women are strong. We're tough. We're good. We can get her done, but there's a strength that lies in you men that we do not possess. And when we are in a place where we have to do it, it doesn't look pretty. You do it. When you do it, it looks amazing. Strength. Fathers call their children to great things. They put their dreams and their desires and their heart and their purpose. And then fathers give them the ability to take 
see it through. Fathers strengthen them to be able to do it. There is a, um, a father's son, and I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook or whatever, and I'm going to show this video in just a moment, not quite yet. But there's this father-son duo right now uh, named the Hoyts. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Hoyts. Father's name is Dick, and the son's name is Rick. Kind of works good that way. And uh, when Ricky was born, he was born with a cord wrapped around his neck. And so he was born with a great amount of cerebral palsy. He can't speak, and uh, he can barely move. But this father, in fact, the doctors told him, told the mom and dad, you know what, this kid is not going to be anything. You might want to put him away. Just put him away. This was years ago. You know, I think, I think he's like 40 or 35 right now. So I think you should just put him away. And this dad rose up and said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he took that son home. And some of the video, I can't show you all the video clips, but it is so moving in my heart to how much that father gave up for this son. When this son was about 10, they invented a way for him to speak. And, and he has to hit the side of his, his wheelchair. And it's, it spells out a word, you know, letter by letter. And, and, and he, so he began to be able to communicate. And it became very apparent that this young man was so smart on the inside. So bright. And one day he tapped out because he'd, he'd seen something. or heard something. Dad, there's a, there's a 5K run for a young boy who's a, a quadriplegic. Can you help me run that? I want to run that. And his, son, his father said, sure. Because fathers want to make every dream come true in their sons, right? So he got this wheelchair. And this guy's never run a day of his life. And he runs this 5K. And this young man at the end types out, Dad, when we were running... I did not have a handicap. I was normal. And that inspired this father. And since that day, these two have done some amazing things. But I want you to watch a video clip, and I want you to watch this because I want you to see it from the father's heart of what a father does. Go ahead and roll it. I want you to see the strength that this father lends to this son. They're going to put it a little bit farther ahead because I don't want to take too much time. Can you turn it up just a hair? I want the music. There he is. Yes. That's good. When that son won, that father won. When that son won, that father won. Did you see the strength in that father's? I cry every time I watch that. You are our strength. Rick, in his frail, spastic inability, still had to work hard. There's other videos that show him he's just sweating. The heat. These two pairs, these two have run, and believe it or not, this is what they say, 240 triathlons. 240 Is that even physically possible? Triathlons, that's where you swim 20 miles and you have to bike for like 184 miles and then you have to run whatever else is left. I don't know. They have run 68 marathons. And that father, that father never ran a race until that that son said, will you run with me? He had never done it. Fathers never have done the things that you've done. You are faced even today with things you've never done before. That's called fatherhood. 
But if you're willing to lend your strength to those who are around you, you will become our heroes. Rick and his frailness, he had to work hard during those races. There's one video, it's so sweet and precious, where the dad, you know, he's like guzzling water and he looks down at his son and he gives his son a drink. Shares his water with him. But even as Rick is working hard, his father, all the while, is working harder. Fathers, you're our strength. We can be exhausting. We can be difficult. We can be heavy. We can be unyielding. But I beg of you, don't give up. When he bent down to pick his son up out of that boat, he was, he was difficult. But he dug in. And he didn't give up. Don't give up. For as you are doing your hard work, the Heavenly Father is carrying you. As you are carrying us, the Heavenly Father is carrying you. The Heavenly Father is behind you. Your Heavenly Father is pedaling as fast and as hard as he possibly can to carry you. You are not the only one lending strength. For your God in heaven is out there doing it more. If you're a man, I want you to stand. Young, old, male, masculine, stand. As we close here today, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being who you are. And I just want to just speak into you right now. Speak into you. You are a protector. I don't want to put heavier burden on you. Because even as you are our protector, the Heavenly Father is your shield and your buckler around even you. And you are not on your own on this thing. For you are shielded by God Almighty. And I call you out as a woman to not get entangled by the things that want so easily to distract you and to pull you down and to pull you off of course. But I would say to you, rise up and be our protector. Find your strength in God Almighty. Never, ever ever lose hope right now, right now. Just, I just want to take a moment. If you have a son or a daughter or anyone that has gone sideways or someone in your life that's gone sideways, never, ever give up on them. Keep your love inside. Keep it pounding. Keep it pounding. Keep it pounding. For it is that that's going to cause them to come down the road towards you someday. Never give up. And finally, know that even in your race, 
While you might feel you are pushing and pulling and shoving and dragging the most difficult of burdens through this life. Those things that are in your boat behind you that you are responsible for. Those things, some of you don't have children yet, but what you see in front of you seems daunting. I would love to say to you, the strength of the Lord is in you. That you are not doing this on your own. But if your eyes could be open right now, you would see out in front of you, there is a God that is pulling your boat with you. Swimming as hard as he can. He's biking behind you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's just pray over these men. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I just thank you right now that you are strengthening them. You're giving them the ability to be our protector. You are covering us. You are showering them in Jesus' name. Lord God, I thank you right now that their masculinity is coming into strength, oh Father God, coming into ability. Lord God, I pray that any any situation in this room where your identity is being confused or or you're not sure who, what, what you were made to be, I am here to declare that the God of this earth, of this heaven, of the universe has created you to be a mighty, mighty man in Jesus' name. You have a God who's working harder than you. Picture yourself even as little Ricky in the back of that boat. He's swimming hard for you and he's taking care of you. You are not alone. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this song. Let's all stand. Women, join us. Isn't God good? Father, heart of God. If you would like prayer, I'd love to meet you up here. Myself and any other prayer warriors, come on up, feel free. Let's just go out with worship. Have a blessed afternoon. But don't leave. If, if the Lord is tugging on your heart, come on up for some prayer. Amen.